Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. You can all go home now. How do you follow that up? That's some big shoes to follow. Thank you. Joe, thank you, Mike and Zara, for leading us in. I want to, again, thank you to Mary Blacker for making that piano possible. Thank you for your generosity. So, big round of applause for everybody here this morning helping us out. And I'm only joking because, of course, yes, I can follow this up personally, me on my own. No, there's no way I could ever fill shoes and follow that up. But since we are preaching the Word of God, He most definitely can follow this up. We're in our sermon series, Galatians. Freedom from sin is found in Jesus. Paul does a magnificent job in the book of Galatians defending God's grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning From a humble position, Lord, and if we are unable to learn to do this on our own, please continue to teach us to humble ourselves before you. But Lord, as a church, we want to continue to learn to better worship you, to be ambassadors of your good news, to help fulfill the call that you have placed upon us individually as we come together collectively to do just that, to share Jesus Christ and him crucified to everyone that you bring our way. We pray all of this in his name. Amen. Personal question right out the gate. Maybe I shouldn't ask it, maybe I should, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. You don't have to answer this question. You can answer this question to yourself, so really it's not a personal question, but maybe it is. How many credit cards are in your wallet or purse currently? Because I need a loan. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the average American has at least four credit cards in their wallet and or purse. The average American not only has at least four credit cards in their wallet or purse, but the average American is also $5,700 in debt. That is $5,700 in debt. Why? Well, how do credit cards work? They're evil. See, credit cards are the ability to borrow money, goods, or services that you will eventually pay back later. Church, every religion besides Christianity is just like the credit card companies. They're evil. I'm not kidding when I say that. Every religion besides Christianity says, by now... Pay later. Every religion besides Christianity says, because God gave you this life, you must pay Him back in order to receive the next life. Church, this 
clearly is not Christianity. This, in fact, is the world system. So let's face it. Visa, MasterCard, American Express, whatever it is that you carry, they have all made a pretty, or pretty penny off of you. And that is by keeping us Americans in debt. This same behavior is precisely what our adversary is doing to us. He wants us to be in spiritual debt. He wants us to falsely believe that we have to pay God back. He wants us to believe that we have to earn our way into spiritual freedom. Church, the gospel tells us that this is no way to live. So today, let's be encouraged as we open up the third chapter of Galatians. Let's be encouraged in living now like our eternity is free. Because after all, aren't the best things in life free? So join me in Galatians. The title of our sermon this morning from Galatians chapter 3 is Living Out Faith. Living out faith. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 14. This morning I was driving in and I saw a truck with a license plate in the front. And I wish I would have saw this license plate earlier in the week because it was a perfect title for this sermon this morning. I wouldn't have titled this sermon Living Out Faith. I would have titled it what was on this license plate. And it said on the license plate, Fueled by Faith. I thought that was rather clever. And you may see why later. I'm in trouble this morning too, by the way. have a little issue. I've been having some technical difficulties. And basically what's been going on here is I'm, I'm on my, my daughter's iPad right now. And the issue is I'm running out of screen time because we put a limit on it <laughs> for the application that I'm using to preach this sermon. You have to ask for more screen time to read God's word? crazy, the world we live in. The title again, as we're going to get back on track, is Living Out Faith from Galatians chapter 3, verses 16 through 14. Last week, Pastor Jared did a magnificent job of telling us and explaining to us and encouraging us on how we can experience the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we were encouraged that in order to do so, the entire gospel must first be believed. Because if the entirety of grace alone, faith alone in Jesus is actually absent, then our actions are nothing more than stolen valor. Today we're going to compare God's grace to the law. Ultimately, we're going to be encouraged. And you should leave here today encouraged to be living out our faith or living out your faith in the work of Jesus. So... With all that being said, let's get into our verses. You can follow along as I read in your own Bible, or the verses will be on the screen for you. Chapter 3 in the book of Galatians, started in verse 6 and ending in verse 14. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that this is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. In the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, 
In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident and not or in that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. By the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ, Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Amen. As we ponder those verses this morning, we will put them into this one sentence, which which is our main idea. And that main sentence or main idea is this. Our faith in Jesus reveals the superiority of grace over the law. Our faith in Jesus reveals the superiority of grace over the law. This is a tough question. One I think you maybe have heard before. Maybe you have an answer. Maybe you don't. But here is the question. Which came first, the chicken or the egg. Here you thought you were coming to a theological discussion, and you got this. Which came first? Even great scientific minds disagree. They will debate the answer to this question. So regardless of whichever comes first... Do you know which day of the week is an egg's least favorite day? Because I'm more interested in that myself. It's Friday. I was going to tell you guys another joke, but it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Am I failing at my dad jokes right now? Did I get some courtesy laughs? I think I heard some courtesy laughs. All right, I'll save the dad jokes for at home only. Sorry, kids. Okay, but in all seriousness here, regardless if the chicken came first or if the egg came first, at this point, it really actually doesn't matter. And according to the gospel, this debate does actually matter that we're going to talk about. Not the chicken or the egg, but which came first? Salvation by faith or obedience to the law of Moses? We find our answer in our first set of verses this morning, verses 6 through 9. See, Abraham received his righteousness from God because he, as it says in the text this morning, it says that he believed. Church, this is our proof. This is our evidence of which came first. No, not the chicken or the egg. This has nothing to do with the chicken or the egg. Who remembers that old Sunday school song? You know the one I'm talking about. Father Abraham had many sons, 
Many sons had father Abraham, one of them, and so were you. So let's just praise the Lord. There we go, right? Really? Are you serious? Are you telling me I'm a son of Father Abraham? How could this be? Verse 7. Our answer is right there in verse 7. Anyone who has faith in Jesus is a spiritual child of Abraham. Church, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not limited to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. No, it's the whole entire Bible. It's Genesis through Revelation. Genesis through Revelation reveals the whole entire gospel, a.k.a. the good news of Jesus. And further proof and evidence of this comes from verse 8 where it says, and Scripture. See where it says, and Scripture? And Scripture is the same as saying, God says. That's basically what Paul's saying. He's saying, God says that ever since the beginning, salvation has been through faith. So God himself preached the gospel beforehand, as it says here in the text, to Abraham. Beforehand indicates that it went before Moses, because Abraham comes before Moses, before Moses even received the law, a.k.a. the Ten Commandments. So which came first? Salvation by faith or obedience to the law of Moses? The answer is faith in the gospel, faith in the good news, a.k.a. the good news of Jesus Christ. Church, some of us just need to stop. Some of us just need to retire. Some of us just need to throw the white towel in and concede. I'm not talking about the election. I'm not talking about the election. I'm talking about us as it pertains to the good news. Simply put, we just need to be living out faith. And here's what I mean by that. We need to live our lives from our salvation, not for our salvation. We need to live from our faith in Jesus. We don't need to be living for our faith in Jesus. After all, faith in Jesus is just that. It's faith in His work, not our own. And according to verse 9, this is the only true blessing that actually exists. There's no blessings outside of this blessing. See, to be blessed is not the status of your health. To be blessed is not the status of your wealth. However, church, to be blessed is contingent on the status of your eternal self. In other words, the only true blessing is to be found in spending eternity with Jesus. So as we continue on to verse 10, we now realize how blessed we are not to be cursed. And verse 10 shows that to us here. See, God's blessing leads to eternal life. While to be cursed does the opposite. To be cursed 
leads to death. So if no one is capable of keeping the law, and if no one is capable of keeping the Ten Commandments, then what was their purpose to begin with? Well, their purpose was to reveal our sinfulness to us. Which in turn leads us to Jesus. Church, if you think that your salvation is contingent on how good of a Christian you are, then you are the one that is cursed, as it says here in the text. But if you believe that your salvation is contingent upon the work of Jesus, not only are you blessed, but as verse 11 says, you are, what does it say? Righteous. Because you live by faith. So how can we live by faith? How can we live from faith and not for faith? What does this actually look like in our daily lives? How is it that we can position ourselves to show others that we are living from our salvation, not for our salvation? And when we say for faith or for salvation, what we're saying is we're doing something to earn the faith that leads to eternal salvation. What is it that we can be doing in our daily lives? First, we can surrender all aspects of our lives to Jesus. He's asked us to be obedient to Him. He is the King. And as we looked at the 289 this morning, we realized this is His kingdom. And there's no kingdom at all if the subjects aren't loyal and obedient to the King. The other thing that we can do, and this was actually rather simple, that I know some of us have a tendency to forget. But we can forgive others like we have been forgiven. That's how we can live from our faith. We can also live from faith by seeking opportunities to serve others. Also, this one's extremely important. And some of us who are impulsive forget this one too often, too quickly. But sometimes we need to slow down and pray before we take action. So prayer before action is a way in which we can live from faith. And finally, this one's extremely important. Especially as we have an opportunity to share our faith by living from our faith, what we really need to be focused on, according to the good news of Christ, is constantly willing to repent. We should always be postured in a position that is poised and ready to repent and turn back from our sin and back towards God. Jesus is the focus. And if Jesus is the focus, the question is, what happens when we just focus on these five simple things? What is it that happens? See, it's quite simple. 
Jesus is glorified and people get saved. And this brings us to our first point this morning. And that point is this. According to the gospel, we are free to live from faith, not for it. According to the gospel, we are free to live from our faith in Jesus and not for it. We are free to share Christ with others because we are secure in our salvation because of our faith in Jesus and His work and not in slaves trying to do something to earn our faith in order to receive eternal life because that is a burden that no man is capable of carrying. And that is exactly why the gospel of grace came before the law. And as we continue on, let's not forget our main idea this morning. And that idea is this, the sentence that ties all these verses in. Our faith in Jesus reveals the superiority of grace over the law. As we've discussed and been discussing Abraham this morning, this brings another certain person to mind Some of you may know who this individual is, who you're looking at here on the screen. His name is Martin Luther. He was a German theologian. He was an artist. He was a professor, and he was a composer, a.k.a. I would call Martin Luther a Renaissance man. He could do it all, a true Renaissance man, in fact. However, Martin Luther is probably best known for his rejecting of several Catholic practices. His most notable conviction came in way of the salvation is achieved through grace, through faith in Jesus. So it's by grace through faith in Jesus and not by good deeds done, which he felt like the Catholic Church was promoting. And it's been said that one day Luther was leading his family through a Bible study. And in this Bible study, he read the account of Abraham and Isaac from Genesis 22, where Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac on the altar. And in faith, Abraham put Isaac on the altar. And as we know the story goes, the Lord at the last moment provided a ram that had its horns caught in the thicket, and Abraham was able to sacrifice the ram instead of his own son. But Abraham displayed his faith. And that was counted to him as what does the Bible tell us? Righteousness. Just like us. Just like our faith in Jesus is counted to us as righteous. See, we're not righteous because of anything that we went and did. God didn't say, well, you did this, this, and this, Abraham, so therefore you're righteous. No, he said, no, your faith is what made you righteous before me. Now, at the conclusion of this Bible study, Luther's wife, Katie, she said this. She said, I don't believe it. God would never do that to his son. He would never put his son on the altar. But Katie, Luther replied, he did. Paul reveals as much to us in our final two verses this morning. As we begin, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Do you realize what's happening here? Can you recognize what's going on here? What did Jesus hang upon? A cross, right? What is a cross made of? Wood, right? What is, where does wood come from? 
a tree. Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. God cursed Jesus because of us. Who remembers chapter 4 from our 289 book, What is the Gospel? Anybody remember that chapter? See, now as it pertains to Jesus becoming a curse, this is the same as God, as we learned in chapter 4, exhausting His wrath upon Jesus. That's a harsh reality that most do not want to talk about. That offends the world. Because what did the author bring up in that book that we are reading together collectively? What do some say that truly is? We look at it as our salvation. Our faith in that action is our salvation. But the world doesn't say that leads to salvation. No, the world says, no, how dare you? That's divine child abuse. We know this accusation is false. Why? Because as God, Jesus cursed Himself. Therefore, it couldn't be divine child abuse. So yes, Katie, and I know she's not here today, but not our Katie Lee, Martin, Katie, Luther, God did do this to His Son. And we can never forget that. We can never forget that our sin... Your sin, my sin, our sin was nailed to that cross. This is what makes the gospel the good news. That Jesus substituted places with us. He paid the penalty for our sin so that we can be focused on living out our faith. So as Mike joins me, Again, we see the word blessing in verse 14. Abraham was blessed to have believed in God's promise. We are blessed to have received the same promises, fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Church, let's just do this really quick. Let's sing this together. We all know the song. Some of you started to sing along earlier, but let's do it together. On the count of three, you know the tune. One, two, three. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had. I am. And so, so let's. Okay. That was, that was, like, decent. That was decent. We could do it again, but nobody wants to hear me sing a second time. See, our spiritual lineage goes back to Abraham in Genesis. The gospel is from Genesis to Revelation. The good news of Jesus is the whole entire Bible. Every verse points to Christ, and we must remember that. Every time we pick up Scripture to read it, every verse points to Jesus. No matter who the Bible is talking about, it eventually leads to Christ. So here's the question for all of us. How are you doing at living out your faith?
Are you living free from faith like Jesus became the curse for you? Or are you living for your faith? Are you trying to do something on your own to earn God's favor because somehow, some way, you think that's going to score you just enough points to one day get into heaven? Are you still living like the average American? Are you? Let's be honest. Are you still living like the average American who is saddled with debt? Credit card debt to be exact. Listening to the lies of our adversary. The lies that claim we are spiritually in debt to God. The lies that claim we have to earn our salvation. Church, living out faith is to live free from faith. And this is to know freedom from the curse and wrath of God because our faith in the work of Jesus is what gets the job done. We fall short each and every time. If we don't understand, first and foremost, that salvation is contingent on grace alone, faith alone, and the work of Jesus, we need to go back and start again until we understand that because that is the beginning point of all the Bible. And with that being said, we arrive at our second and final point this morning. And that point is this. Jesus was cursed for our sin so that we could receive faith that leads to eternal life or eternal salvation. Jesus was cursed for our sin so that we could receive faith that leads to eternal salvation. And once again, our second point this morning, according to the gospel, we are free to live from faith, not for it. According to the good news, that is such good news. We are so free to live from the faith that we have in Jesus and not for it. Because according to the law of Moses, we're going to fall short every time. No one is capable of fulfilling the law other than Jesus Christ himself, the perfect sacrifice. And this brings us to our main point this morning, our take home. And that is this. Our faith in Jesus reveals the superiority of grace over the law. Why is grace superior to the law? Because our faith was graced to us. Our faith in the work of Jesus was a gift given freely, something you can't earn. It's only received. Let's pray. Lord, this message that we hear this morning in Galatians, our prayer is that we can continue to learn more about your gospel truth so that we can share the good news with others, those who do not know you. I pray that we can continue to be motivated by that truth. I pray that you prepare hearts and open doors for us to share your message of salvation with others. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus who makes this possible. 
Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.